In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there was a college student who just finished his first semester at the university away from his mom's cooking. And he was home on a break. And having heard from her son nothing but complaints about, uh-oh, nothing but complaints about the cafeteria food, mom decided to make a very special breakfast for her son. Well, that morning, lured down to the kitchen by this wonderful smell, the young man sat down, began to enjoy the first bites of mom's delicious meal. And when he finished, he looked at his mother with a satisfied smile. By the way, did I say that she cooked eggs Benedict? I was working on my mic. That's important, okay? (laughs) That's important. She made eggs Benedict for him for breakfast. And when he finished, he looked at his mother with a satisfied smile and said, you know, mom, it's true what they say. There's no place like home for the Holland days. <laughs> uh, now you see why I had to go back and tell you that it was eggs Benedict. If you see a fat man who's jolly and cute, wearing a beard and a red flannel suit, and if he's chuckling and laughing away while flying around in a miniature sleigh with eight tiny reindeer to pull him along, then let's face it, your eggnog is too strong. (laughs) Every year about this time, television stations from all over, they pull out of their vaults this old black and white film, which still seems to be speaking to people today. And the name of the film is It's a Wonderful Life. And George Bailey is the lead character in this heartwarming film. He he never felt like he amounted to much in his life in the story. He had dreams of becoming a, a famous architect, of traveling all over the world. But instead, he feels trapped in a humdrum job in this small town. And then a crisis occurs that strains his every resource and he's faced with unjust criminal charges. And although he has a a fine family and many friends in the community, the the injustice of the situation plunges him into despair. And faced with this crisis, George Bailey breaks down and leaps off a bridge into a river. And that's when his guardian angel, Clarence, comes down to show him what his community would be like without him. The angel takes him back through his life. He shows George how his job has benefited many families, how his little acts of kindness and thoughtfulness have changed the lives of others, and how the ripples of George's love will continue to spread throughout the world, helping to make it a better place. George Bailey is, of course, played by Jimmy Stewart in the film and in the making of this film Stewart says that things happen to him 
that never happened in the making of other movies. For instance, in one scene, George Bailey broke down in despair, sits at a little roadside restaurant, and in this scene, Jimmy Stewart playing George Bailey raises his eyes and follows the script, and he pleads, God, God, dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you are up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. And Jimmy Stewart says, as I said those words, I felt the loneliness, the hopelessness of people who had nowhere to turn and I, my eyes filled up with tears and I broke down sobbing. And he says, this was not planned at all, but the power of that prayer, the realization that our Father in heaven is there to help the hopeless had reduced me to tears. Today's reading from the gospel shows John the baptizer in prison preparing for his execution. After having stood against the leading authorities of that day, daring to challenge the scribes and the Pharisees by calling out, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And after having challenged the immorality of Herod the Tetrarch by declaring it unlawful for him to have his brother's wife, even after having done combat with the temptation of seeking an easier life, something is wrong here. Don't the just get their rewards? Why is John facing execution? After all, is Jesus the Messiah or isn't he? It's interesting to see in today's reading that after all the challenging and all the daring and all the fighting of temptation, John is now being assaulted by perhaps the worst tormentor of all, doubt. Did I really hear God's call or was I deluded? Does God really make a difference in my life or would it have been best for me to pursue my own dreams? I mean, look where it got me. You know, earlier in the gospel, it seemed that John had very little doubt about whether Jesus was the Messiah. He knew there was no other. But now it seems it's a different story. John's very life is at stake. He's sitting in a prison cell waiting for his execution and he's uncertain about whether everything he's ever worked for was worth it. Had there been a purpose to my ministry, to my life? Is Jesus the Messiah or isn't he? And so John sends his disciples to ask Jesus point blank, are you he who is to come or shall we look for another? Is it true? Are you the one in whom we can put our trust? And what did Jesus say? Did he say to them, I am the king of kings, and I revel in the splendor of my imperial majesty? 
Or did he say, I am surrounded by an immense army and we will take over the world with a mighty force and destroy all that is unworthy? Or did he say, kings and princes bow down before me because I am the powerful judge? All those things are true, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus simply said, go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind, they receive their sight. The lame, they walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is he who takes no offense at me. Now what in the world does all of this have to do with John's question? John asked, are you the Messiah? And all Jesus talked about were people being healed and people being made whole. But I want, what, what I want you to hear this morning is that in a roundabout way, Jesus' answer to John was, yes, I am indeed the Messiah. Because even though the Messiah in those days was expected to arrive with vengeance and wrath, his arrival was also expected to herald great wonders. You know, this theological concept is made evident in our first reading this morning, in our lectionary anyway, where the prophet Isaiah said, All shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. And listen to this part. Isaiah says, Behold, your God will come, and the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And the sh Then shall the lame man leap like a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing for joy. And if these things were happening in and through Jesus, then John would know immediately that, yes, Jesus is the Messiah. Not that knowing would have saved John from execution, because it didn't. But it allowed his faith to be strengthened. It allowed him to know that his life indeed did have purpose. It allowed him to know that the will of God was being accomplished in his Messiah. Okay, so what does this have to do with us? Well, it seems to me that we, like John and like George Bailey, we all have our moments of weakness, our moments of doubt. Much of what we think and do and believe will never ever make perfect sense. How can we ever really understand perfectly who God is or what God is like? How can we ever understand perfectly God becoming flesh in the incarnation? How can we ever understand perfectly the death of God on the cross or the presence of God in the Holy Eucharist at the altar? And so the question becomes then, what do we do with those doubts that creep in? Do we allow them to be stumbling blocks to our faith? Do we allow them to destroy our belief in God? Or do we face our doubts, as did John, by taking them straight to God and saying to God, are you he who is to come or shall we look for another? And as Jesus answered John, so will he answer us. God will come to us 
and he will open our blinded eyes and unstop our deaf ears. And we will leap like a heart and our tongues will sing for joy. He will cleanse us from all unbelief and we will be made clean indeed. And we will know without a doubt that Jesus born as an infant in Bethlehem is truly the Messiah, the Son of God, whom we have all been waiting for. As St. John the Apostle and Evangelist wrote, this is what we proclaim to you, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked upon and our hands have touched. We speak of the word of life. We speak of Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.